Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Okay, Bob Myers talking right now on the GP2 situation on Willard and Dibs. Here we go. Back and forth, and so it was a tough thing to do to move someone that um, we like that much as a person. I know that's a business goes beyond that uh, as far as on the court, off the court stuff. So that was um, that was a challenge, but I hope he does well. I hope he gets an opportunity to play, and I think he will more than he was getting with us. So moving him was um, something that uh, we did just more based on trying to help this team win. And, and as far as Gary, what he does for us, uh, I think you all know, you've seen what he does for us. We're trying to help give this team a boost, uh, near term, long term. He's got a couple more years on his contract. So, um, he's, he's thrilled too. I'm sure you'll talk to him. I think tonight, uh, as far as all the things that were surrounding the trade, uh, I've seen what's been written and reported. I can't, I know you're going to ask and you should, uh, there's things I can't say, uh, for legal reasons and also for HIPAA reasons. And that's the truth. I'm not trying to deflect it. Uh, at some point, if we have information that we can give you, we will. Um, but me speaking publicly on it behind the scenes, I don't think moves anything forward. And I think, um, wouldn't be the best thing to do and not even probably allowed to. Uh, so I'm happy to answer whatever questions you have on that, on the trade, on what we think. Um, and certainly if you want to ask about that, you can, and I'll do my best to respond. So, what about this situation it rose it to the level that I mean, clearly you guys have gone out to the league and seem to be upset with with whatever. Like, what did Portland do in this process that that made you do that? Well, again, good question, but I can't answer as far as I don't want to um, go down that road of accusations because that's that's all going to be handled at a different level and and not for today and not for me um gary's going to be out uh, from our standpoint uh, we're, we're going to evaluate him in a month and um see where he's at uh, but it was our determ- it is our determination he's not ready to play right now um but when we get him back hopefully we do get him back at some point uh, the goal would be pre-playoffs that would be the hope but uh, until we uh, get a sense of how the rehab process is going i, I can't really speculate Hey, Bob, what are the uh, rules on disclosure? What a selling team has to disclose, you know, like real estate, you have to tell if there's something wrong with your house. So uh, um, are there legal rules? And, and if so, were they violated? In this well, case? well, I, there are rules, Scott. Um, one of the big rules is that once a trade deadline is passed, there's no ability to amend it. You see that sometimes in the summertime or when, the, when there is an open window. A lot of times these differences get resolved there. That, there's not an opportunity for that in this case. 
And um, so that 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 is a, a, a recourse that is often explored in the past, and there's precedent for that. But in this case, the deadline had passed. So as far as what needs to be reported, what is reported, um, there's there's medical disclosures, there's um, conversations, things like that. And uh, without risking specificity in this case, uh, the normal course of business is just to provide whatever's required and and do that. And um, that's that's what happens in all the trades, whether NBA or I think other sports too. Was there ever a moment where you guys were seriously considering rescinding the tra trade? Yeah, we looked at all the different choices um, once we had a little bit more information and gone through our physical. And based upon um, many different things, decided to go through with it. Um, and, you know, we think that for many reasons, James, one wasn't getting, we didn't see a path, um, even upon return, wasn't playing at the time. And, um, additionally, our situation is a little different because of the amount of uh, money each player costs. And so if we had seen a path for James upon return that had changed, we might've considered that, um, even going forward, um, as we get into the next season, we, we see, we've seen what Gary can do. And it's not an, it's not an any kind of indictment of James. It's, it's a hard rotation to crack on this team. And so Gary seeing the fit, seeing the need, our defense and things like that. So we certainly had many discussions, but we made the choice we made. Well, kind of to follow up on that, does the familiarity with Gary weigh heavily into this? I mean, because you know him, I mean, it's not as if it's a player you've never seen or rehabbed or yeah. any of those things yeah uh, sure i think most trade deadlines don't work most times you get a player at the deadline and expect some big shift it doesn't happen i think one time when clyde drexler went to the rockets years ago it kind of uh changed the course of their season i think when this when the celtics got uh, pj brown i keep thinking that would think that was a buyout most of the time it's it's hard to reconfigure your team on the fly. There's only 20 something games left. I think 26 for us, maybe 28, 20. That's not, that's, that's not a lot of the season. So whether it's us or any team, but when you trade for a player that's been here, especially our system, our system is not simple. Um, so to get somebody that knows our system and that's the hope when Gary comes back, whenever that is that he can, there's a familiarity, a lot of the same players he played with last year, we play him a little differently. We did play him a little differently than other teams. I think that's why he did so well with us. Our system is a little unique. And so, yeah, part of the reason we did it was that familiarity. We've seen how much he helps us. Um, so that that was some of the reason. Given, and given, um, sorry, Tim, what, given he has played this season, are, are you surprised that he, he had even come back at all? And, and played some this season or has an injury the post-surgery surgery gotten worse what, i mean what's your well assessment? i think all i know now is that um what i'm being told from our doctors is he's going to be reevaluated in a month and um what was happening before was that's over whatever it was it was but um i'm hoping that we can get him back for the playoffs and he's now in our building and um i trust whatever they tell me and we'll move forward and, and we need him hopefully at some point he comes back and can help us because I do believe if he does get back, uh, there's a role for him. I think the coaches and players think that too. Bob, was there a trade that you could have done other than this 
that you heavily considered and were you prevented? I mean, do you feel like you're prevented from doing it because this trade happened and then it went into limbo? Well, Tim, I won't know because this had momentum to it. There was conversations around this one and maybe maybe if that time had been used in some other capacity, but we, we looked at a lot of different things. There wasn't one thing that we all walked out of the deadline saying, well, we could have done that or we should have done that. We looked at a lot of different things, but I can't say if we hadn't done this, we definitely would have done that. But maybe with mental space around it differently, it would have it would have been different. But there isn't something that um, I think there were some things reported and we looked at a lot of different things, but nothing was at the five yard line. And just as a follow up, his name was in the press release, his name was in the trade. So I know you don't like talking about other players, but Sadiq Bay was in the trade. It was that was the first trigger for this. Uh, could you have kept him and did you consider just keeping Sadiq Bey? Well, I can't talk about him because he's not ours, but what I would say is that um, the trade we made at the time we made it with the information we had was what we thought was the best trade for this team. And that's all we could really do uh, with, with operate. When you make any decision, you make it based on the information you have at the time of the decision. And at the time of the decision, we felt like Gary was the best player for us. And as far as what are the other variables, one, I can't. And two, I don't know what it serves to say we would have done X, Y, or Z. We did what we thought was right. He uh, he he missed the first 35 games, and he was kind of in and out of the lineup. you know. So I guess outside looking in, there was at least some level of understanding that he maybe wasn't wasn't having the healthiest season. Uh, how much did that play into it? And, and I guess how much did you guys ask about that? And yeah. Well, I mean, I think in these situations, um, we looked at the fact that he started the night before against our team and um, you know, you could look at it any way you wanted to. You, you were probably at the game. Um, you could say, well, a player uh, would be better in our system. You know, we would use him differently. Um, we would play him differently. Um, I don't get into the mental space of a player. Um, we traded for Wiggins. We watched him and said, well, maybe he can be better for us. So I didn't really factor in the thought that, um, he would be out as long as he will be. I didn't think that, but um, we had a lot of conversations, but I'm not going to get into the spe specifics of what the conversations were with, with the other team. But do you feel that they withheld anything from you, the Portland? Well, I'll, I think on that one, Scott, that's another legal thing, and I'm not going to adjudicate that today at, at 11 o'clock here, and it's not productive for me or anybody else. Hey, Bob, obviously the trade happened you know, right before the deadline, but how long has the idea of bringing back Gary back to here? I think we recognize like i'm sure a lot of you did that um this team could use some help and went about trying to do that uh to the best of our ability as you well know any trade has to have a partner and um reluctantly moving james i i, I think we all wished organizationally something would it would have worked out better for him but it, we didn't see a, a way for that to happen and then um thinking that we probably had a good top whatever you want to call it, seven or eight guys with Steph back, adding another guy into the mix defensively, pick and roll defense specifically, is, it, is, an, air, is an area that I think we wanted to improve on and targeted um, with the defense not being quite as good as it's been in the past. And so the idea was let's find someone that we like for the next 26 games in the playoffs, hopefully, as well as into next season and the season after that. And... Um, we have to be careful with uh, the amount of money we take on in this trade. I think it saved us six or seven million this year and just apples to apples, 30 million next year. And our payroll is big. And that's that's great that I have Joe and, and the ownership group to support that. Um, but we also have to. 
be a better team. We've got to play better. We're 500 and um, it's our job and on office to evaluate if, if this team needs help. And that's the determination we made. And you mentioned how Gary plays a very unique style for you guys. But with James gone, I don't think you guys have anybody taller than six foot nine. How do you feel about the size on this team right now? And does that affect the buyout market at all? Yeah, we'll have to look at the buyout market. I think much like last year's deadline, we moved forward with Looney and, and uh, Draymond, who have kind of split minutes in the regular season. Joe Michaels, I guess what you'd call our other big. Last year, we had a couple other kind of non-traditional bigs um, that Belitz is not in the NBA, so I can talk about him, but like a shooting big who did a nice job and then an, another good player that helped us. Um, and uh, we, you know, we hope that we have enough, but we'll look and see. It's, it's also determinative of how the coaches will use that player for, for us to say, here's a big guy. Um, and the coaching staff to say, well, we're not playing that guy. Doesn't matter if he's seven feet tall or eight feet tall. Um, it has that any buyout conversation has to be done uh, in collaboration with the coaching staff because why bring a player in if they're not going to use him? But if there's a player that the coaching staff and the front office thinks can be helpful, absolutely, we'll go target that guy. But um, not, not there's a good John Wooden quote: "Don't don't confuse activity for achievement." I just want to say, oh, we scoured the buyout market. Here's so and so, and the guy's sitting on the end of the bench. Because for us, it's three, four million. I don't know, it's three million dollars or something like that. Which, which Joe has done and would do. Um, but that's the conversation with the coaching staff uh, as far as who would play and who's available. What's the problem? It's Willard and Dibs, and you're listening to Bob Myers talk after the GP2 trade for the Golden State Warriors on 95.7 The Game, or whatever it might be, and compare them and say to Steve, "Hey, these are your options. Which player do you think helps us the most?" and make that determination. I mean, Steve, again, they're going to play, especially with this many games in the season, this is never a thing where, at least not here, where we say, hey, play this player. This is the guy. It's it's a collaboration, and um, and we have to fit the system. We have to fit what uh, will work here and what does work here, and, and that's the conversation with the coaching staff. You said that a lot of action that happens at the trade deadline isn't the thing that magically shifts a team season but when acquiring Gary thinking that he'd be ready sooner than he is did you think that he was going to be a piece that could help kind of turn the season and be an instant impact like that well Kendra, I think help yeah but but save no I mean I don't think any well <laughs> there's certain players that got traded there but usually um with any team we all are trying to win and we're all trying to help um, change our team for the better, increase our margin for error. Um, and I think when we did that, yeah, we thought it would be additive. I don't know that anybody thinks it solves everything, um, but we think it was helpful. We still think it's helpful. We just have to wait till he gets healthy. That was the motivation behind it. I think it's motivation, but there's certainly, it seemed like this trade deadline, there was a lot more teams trying to do that than trying to go the other way. And I think that's why there was, um, well, actually, I guess 10% of the NBA was traded, so maybe it was a more active deadline than we thought. James is still obviously young, uh, number two pick. You guys have never, this regime has never had a pick this high. How hard was it to move off of him? And was there internal debate about it even up to the deadline, or was it just something you had to do? Um, we don't have, I think we debated it pretty heavily mostly because we still I still believe he can be a good player. Um it may just be that his path required more minutes than we were able to give him. It may be that his time 
um, is longer than we can wait. It's, but it's not an indictment of him. There's plenty of players um, that take a certain amount of minutes or a certain amount of time. And especially with missing a year, he's really, there's a lot of things that he missed, not his fault, whether it's COVID or injury, where he just hasn't, he is a third-year player, but um, hasn't got the minutes of that. So I think we had to evaluate he's going to get those here. And um, didn't didn't seem like that. And then with the cost and where our team was at. But yeah, certainly, Tim, we heavily debate. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of debate. There's always a lot of debate, which is healthy. I don't think that's unhealthy. Um, and sometimes situations you have to be realistic, realistic about them. No matter what you want, you have to look at what it is. But the hardest part for me personally was who he is. And I know that's not important maybe to a lot of fans. And I understand that. And it's a result business, but the person um, that he is, um, I bet on the, I would bet on the person, just a high, high quality individual. And, and uh, those people usually succeed in life. And I, I think you will. Um, so that was a tough one. And I know you didn't call it the two timeline plan. Others might have uh, and repeated it often, but what is the state of having, you know, another set of young players who will be there to, you know, to stand in for when the older guys kind of fall off or go. Is this now a complete restart of that? I think it's a moment in time where we realized we tried to get better this year and um, thought that that move helped us and still do, the move we made. And then you evaluate how this team finishes and move off of that position. But, um, you know, the two <laughs> our goal when we drafted, I think, James, we were coming out of the playoffs at uh, play-in. And we lost and um, took the best player we thought was in the draft for us. We thought he was the best player at the time. And then the next season, we won it, right? Was it two years before? Okay, so he was the year we were... We Oh, yeah, sorry. We just were the worst record in the league. Um, don't want to skip that. So we had the worst record in the NBA, and then we took James. And then we lost in the play-in, right? Okay, and then we took Kaminga and Moody. And we won the championship. So he just... It's hard to look at it. Um, you have to evaluate each year. I think a lot of us would have thought coming out of a loss in the play-in to win the championship the following year. I guess we those were our hopes. But let's see how this year goes and evaluate how it finishes. Um, I'd love it for the team to be healthy and see what uh, what the end result is with a healthy team. The hardest part for us in the front offices is evaluating a season that fell apart on health. So if we're healthy, um, come the playoffs, it'll be informative as far as where are we going? What, where, what is this team? Why did we lose? Why did we win? Um, we've seen many of these players become champions last year. And um, that's, that's informative too. So until they're not, we have to trust and believe in that. And I do. But until this season's over, we'll evaluate what we think going forward and what makes the most sense and base that on performance. And hopefully we get to see a healthy team do that. It, it seemed generally clear, you know, even Saturday, Saturday night when Gary's sitting next to you during the game that, you know, you guys are very likely going through with the trade. What was kind of the hang up, I guess, the last couple of days? And, and what are you guys still with this league investigation hoping to, to gain uh, from you know, what's to come? Well, I think um, once we learned that, and I think we had a sense of it pretty quickly, that, that a trade 
once the deadline passed, the opportunity to amend a trade was was moot. So just wanted to understand that better and get some clarity on that and think on that. And then we had the time we had to make a decision. So it was just more thinking about it. But yeah, probably by Saturday night, we had a sense of the direction we were going in. And what do I want? Whatever's, whatever the NBA says is fair. Just whatever that is. Um, just want a fair result. So do you think that'll be quick? I mean, what's your expectation on how long this this been? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um and whatever it takes, it takes. I, I don't know how long. I I'd have to look back at how long some of these things have taken in the past when there's situations like this, but I don't know. I don't know how long. What specifically is wrong with Gary? And is it a result from the surgery he had this off season? I think he's got a core muscle injury, and I think Raymond, give me some notes, like an adductor, or something, something in that nature. Um, I think we'll have a better update t- tonight, but but I can say he'll be reevaluated in a month. But it's a core muscle; it's was abdominal adductor. I mean, I don't want to disparage the why of it, like why. Was it because of a surgery? Was it not? Was it rehab? I don't know. But that's what his injury is now. Um, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on the connection of it. But he's um, he's got to get healthier to play. That's where he's at. No, when he left here, um, and again, you can ask him. I think he'll be available at some point. We didn't we didn't anticipate that. But you know, it had. Suppose had he had come back, would would anybody have brought that up? But I wasn't under the impression that that was part of. The plan in the summer but we weren't we didn't know if he was coming back we didn't know who we were going to sign so we didn't really know i think it's all connected but again we'll give you if it's if it's about the specificity of the injury we'll give you that i just don't like we got to get that and i think we'll have an update on that tonight so but it's you can you can give it generally core muscle but you know all right, there it is. Bob Myers uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Everything that he could say, which, let's be honest, was not uh, was not as much as we probably all would have liked. Sure. Um, but that's that's predictable in this situation where um, you've got other players who are, uh, are under contract. You've got the HIPAA situation. He said that right out of the gate. Yep. He said, look, I'm, I'm here to answer your questions, but I'm also going to tell you that a lot of your questions I'm not going to be able to answer from a legal standpoint. And so... There's no two ways about this. You're, you're going to come out of this as a Warriors fan with a healthy amount of frustration. No doubt. Uh, and the news, if you're just joining us, is that Gary Payton II will not be available for at least a month. They will evaluate him in a month. It is their um, evaluation right now that he cannot play. He will not be ready for at least that long. And as Bob said, the hope is that he's ready pre-playoffs. That's what he said. He he said he's reevaluated in a month and then we hope to get him back for the playoffs which is not for 2 months. So reevaluated in a month tells me you're not going to be ready to go in a month. They probably know the severity of the injury. He's going to be out until the playoffs at the earliest. And the other piece of this and we can get into it 888-957-9570 your thoughts and what you heard. He made two references to money. The fact that the yep. money that each player cost, he talked a little bit about the savings that they got by going through with the deal. So they knew at the end of it that GP2 was hurt, but 
they couldn't bring back Wiseman, and the money they were going to save was a big part of this. I, I said it to you in the changeover. This is this is definitely still a piece and aspect of this, and I know a lot of fans won't like that, uh, but that that's the facts of the matter here, and it affects not just this year, but years to come. So let's get to your phone calls next, your reaction to Bob Myers, your reaction to the Warriors still going through with this deal. Do you think they made a mistake or not with the way this whole thing played out? We'll take your phone calls coming up next at 888-957-9570. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. It's Willard and Dibs. Strawberry lemonade, truly. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Okay, Steph. See, yeah, I'm feeling it. I knew. I knew they were not going to rescind the trade. I got you. Right away, Super Bowl starts. You saw me. I went right over the fridge. What did I get? What'd you have? A Truly? Trying to get a nice little buzz. Yeah, I mean, you had a on, strawberry man. lemonade Truly. And then I followed it up in the second half with... Another Truly. DJ Khaled. I was shocked to Another see you. one. I was shocked to see you actually <laughs> putting one up putting and putting some it drink. down. Yeah. 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 Got yeah. a nice little buzz. There was two drinks yesterday. Yeah. That's a lot for me. Crazy. <laughs> Two drinks in the same day. And you were teetering yeah. a little bit. You were teetering and tottering early third, I thought, man. No, there was no teeter-totter. There was just another a, beer. Yeah, Seriously. family present. We had a show to do later in the evening. I had you to keep in line. Please. There's a lot going on. I kept myself in line, although there was some time in the fourth quarter when I was beginning to trash talk your 16-year-old a little bit <laughs> because the amount of begging that goes on in the Willard household the the beggary. First of all, we weren't in the Willard household. Well, and second and I of can all, imagine in the household where dude, every single call that goes against KC, oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta man. be overturned, overturned. My man, my man. the beggary. He's Sixteen years old, and he won six large. Do you know what six hundred dollars is to a sixteen-year-old? Six million. That'd be like <laughs> you winning thirty grand, something like that. Okay, like he is. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And grinding on this, he needed the Chiefs to win by four or like less grinding. to win his pool. What was it, 10 bucks to get in? Brother, it, it, so I don't remember, 25, 25 yeah, I mean, wow. No, but when you flash no, six hundo to I a 16-year-old, big money. he's like, this is going to double my net worth. Like, this is this was a it's big, big deal energy, to him. No yes. doubt. <laughs> it's a couple weeks of gas for him. Seriously. More than that. Cash yeah, rules right. everything around him. Cream. Get the money. Okay? Dollar, 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 dollar bills, bills y'all. y'all. All right? I love when you dabble into Come the, on, uh, man. you get out of your oasis you know and you get I, into yeah, the hip-hop. You know that I've got more you than you think I do. You've got more than I thought. So, I, listen, I'll give you that. Listen. You were even singing a little Rihanna he yesterday. Also, he also gave me one of these late in the game. I think you went to the bathroom. And it was like the 18th time that you had been like, the refs are amazing. They were a great and, game. And he leans back. He goes, Dad, I see what you mean now. <laughs> I saw goes, some whisper whisper that was going on. He's like, he, he really does love the refs. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm I like, just don't like to be in any atmosphere or any it. environment where people are like immediately assuming the refs are wrong. Well, and then you what? watch the replay and it's like, oh, man. Look, Egg on my face. We'll get to Bob and Myers. I had to just walk to say, you all through it. No, I'm holding hands. It was like hands across America. For I mean, me. uh, walking ad- all the Willards a- through adorable it. Adorable that you thought we were listening. Uh, like what? Call sp- by call, spoon feeding the entire party. What sporting event are you not showing up? Where inherently we're rooting against the refs. That's the deal. You got to be your own human frailty. No, is what you got to be cool with this. You're the heel. Oh, I'm You're cool the ref. With it, but. You're the when, ref. when the refs are right and all y'all got to check yourselves before hey. you wreck yourselves, I'm going to be there to remind you. Ed McMahon ain't showing up to tapings of oh, Johnny Carson oh. and going, I'm the show. You sit there, Johnny. This is about me. You're the heel. Spadone? You're the ref. If you would, please. You're the ref. I love the young I people. The Thank young you, people. Ed McMahon. Right. I mean, references. I know. Sorry, my bad. I could fossil. I mean, you know. Who's the fossil yeah. now? I couldn't remember the guy who sits next to Conan. What was his name? Uh, who sits next to Conan? Not that he's that young either, but he's still Andy on Richter. at least. Andy Richter. Richter. Good you. call, yeah. I appreciate it. Anyway. The scale guy. Yeah. So what did you think of what Bob Myers had uh, had to say? He said all he can say, but uh, the entire exercise was largely pointless because the questions that we all want answered, he can't answer, which is how damaged was GP2? How, what did Portland know that you didn't yeah. know? And, you know, what he said at the end. How angry are you at Portland? Like, exactly. what do you want to have happen and here? What he said in the end was, uh, you know, he'll wait and see what the league decides. And I, as I was thinking about that, I wrote this down, Mark. Portland should lose a pick. They should absolutely lose a draft pick. I don't know if the Warriors get that pick. That doesn't seem to be fair to the rest of the league. But Portland, based on the fact that you knowingly traded damaged goods, and the Warriors could have rescinded the trade. We know that. They weren't going to rescind the trade because they wanted Wiseman gone, and they wanted to save money, and 
They wanted GP2 back. So all three of those reasons are more impactful than you didn't want to get clowned by Portland, but you got clowned by Portland. And if Portland knowingly traded a damaged guy who had been ejected just to be healthy enough to be dealt, they need to be punished. Well, they need to lose a pick. I agree with you. Uh, my guess would be it's going to be more money rather than picks. I think they're going to get fined. I think that's probably the way this is going to end. And also, in the end, us Warrior fans are going to move on. I don't really have a vested interest in how this goes down for Portland unless the Warriors get one of the picks they sent there back. Right. Remember, we did like they had five second rounders that. Uh, that so maybe that they get a second and 23. Maybe. Back. But I mean, who, like, when did these things go down? Like, I think it was even Timmy K asked the question of, like, could you have held on to Sadiq Bay? Well, I don't know. The way this came out on Twitter, it was like, well, Wiseman for Bay, and then Bay went to Atlanta for five picks, and then the five picks went to Portland for GP2. So that's what the order feels like, but we don't know that that was the order. It might have been all at once. It was all at once. It was I all believe. for right. Yeah. So it's like it felt like Sadiq Bay was a warrior. Don't forget Kevin Knox, that part of it, too. What an era. But, but these things aren't really actually true. It was all done at once. Exactly. So where do the, so should those picks end up back with the Warriors or does Atlanta go, well, hang on a second, those are our picks. You know what I mean? Like You I, can't rescind a part of it. Right. It's either you rescind the whole thing and it was a four-team deal. Either you rescind the whole thing or you go through with the whole thing and you can't amend it. And that's what Bob even said in his uh, little presser. Here's what I think may bother some Warriors fans. I'm not one of them. This doesn't bother me. But I get it. You're right. A big part of this is money. It's a big part of this. Yeah. There were three motivations that day. We're giving up on Wiseman. Yep. We think GP2 makes us better. Sure. And we want to save money. And I don't begrudge Joe Lacob for saving money. Well, after all he spent. It's also agreed. That's, me. that's agreed. my that's my own feeling. But let's go further. It's not just save money, it's clear money that was not going to be on the books for next year. I don't mean they're going to go spend it next year. What I mean by that is he's told you, we've told you, they're not doing a half-billion-dollar payroll. Exactly. They're not going to do it. So some fat was going to need to get trimmed. And it's and more is coming, by the way. You know, are Draymond and Jordan Poole both on the roster next year? I bet against it. I really don't know. But some things are going to need to get trimmed for the future of this roster, so bringing James Wiseman back wasn't as simple as, well, we still believe in his future, even though they don't, but they could spin that if they could wrap their heads around the idea of the money, and they can't. They need to trim money, this, or they feel they need to trim money, and this was the start of that, and... Gary Payton II, the big disappointment and bummer is that it doesn't appear he's really going to be ready to have much of an impact on this team this year, but he does in the next two years. And he's a very, very helpful piece for not a lot of money for a team that's going to be looking for guys who can play defense and not wanting to go out on the market and, and spend top dollar for it. So I fully expected them to stick with the deal. They did. I support it, even though there is a huge unfortunate aspect, which is it doesn't look like Gary's going to be able to do a whole hell of a lot this year. Right, until the playoffs that you might not even make. So Fair. that to me, great. You got rid of Wiseman. You didn't play him anyway, but you got a player who can't play. It comes to me to be a D- minus or an F at the trade deadline. 
Already, Mark, if both players who have player options, Draymond Green and DiVincenzo, if they both opt in, your payroll is $211 million without the luxury tax yeah. going into next year. So your whole idea about they still have some to shed, Draymond Green is the big contract in the room because if he's going to opt in and they want to have him play for 27.5 that's like a 60 million dollar contract I with think, the luxury tax I think more yeah. I think it might I, I, I think it might the, even be uh, more the accelerator in yeah. front of me so sponsored by the San Francisco Man. Gift and Jewelry Center the San Francisco Gift and Jewelry Center with over 75 showrooms in one location the SF Gift and Jewelry Center has gifts for every budget so Valentine's Day tomorrow you can definitely give a little BDE uh, that would be Big Diamond Energy. I'm not oh. sure what you thought I meant. Oh. Visit uh, today at 888 oh. Brandon Street in San Francisco. Shop online at sfgcjm.com. Uh, more of your calls next. Diney and Goo jump in. Goo made the party yesterday, and he made the party today. That's coming up next on Willard and Dibs. <laughs> Lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Hang on, there's a penalty. Fire to the pass. Holding. Number 24. Worst case scenario, you'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen. I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. I mean, I pulled the jersey. You know, they called holding. I was hoping they would let it rock, you know, but was holding. I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, and it was it was a hold. So they now back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. I got no axe to grind with any of those comments. Like Greg Olson said, what you and I we shared a conversation yesterday. Yeah, I was in real like, time. I, you know, but I mean, I'm looking at it at a TV from the back of a living room. I'm like, doesn't look like much to me. Yeah. But exactly. then when you when you see the slow mo and the different angles, you're like, oh, he did kind of tug the jersey twice. Exactly. So I have no problem with the call. I'm really impressed by James Bradbury. Incredible. To 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 face microphones and and have the courage, especially with the Eagles fan base, and look at him and go, look, this was not a bad call. I did like the part where he's like, look, you know. He's a ref. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was hoping he wouldn't call it, but he's a ref. In other exactly. words, that's his job. That so is exactly did. his job. And so you know, Mark, the refs all are assigned one player apiece. And so that ref is just watching those two. He's watching that action. He's not worried about the ball. Is it catchable? Because it wasn't P.I. He's watching that action, and he sees the first contact, and he probably's thinking, eh. And then he sees the jersey pull, and it's like, okay. Yeah, you got to call okay. that. Yeah, when a guy gets behind you and you see a jersey tug, I mean, that's just, that's that's the letter that's of the law. That one's going to be a call. So. And I'm glad you pointed out, Bradbury, because to face microphones in the first place is impressive. But then to come out and say what he said about that play. It was a hold. It's one of the classiest yeah. things I can remember in a post game following a championship loss. I mean, a championship loss, the emotion for it to be a tie game in the red zone when that happened. Um, you know, I don't think anybody looks at him like he he's the, 
you know, the goat. He, yeah, the, like or the, the gamote, the, whatever you want to call it. Like, is he the guy that lost the game for Philly? No. Quite frankly, if you really want to point to one play where Philly lost this game, it was the Hurts fumble drop kick. Yeah, um, that's where He's the gamote. They had all the momentum. They had all the ability in the first half to pull away, especially missed field goal also by the Chiefs, and that's what kept the Chiefs close enough to be able to flip the script and do what they did in uh, in the second half. So I love what Bradbury did. I understand why Olsen said it. However, one thing, one thing that I just think collectively as sports fans, we got to shake free of this. Olsen said, mm, not on this stage. Now, I, this is tricky because I'm a fan of a referee having awareness of the moment but more from the standpoint do you remember the conversation we've had about like when Draymond already had one technical right and then the two guys got into a little like oh hey I think your mother's an astronaut right well <laughs> I think right and then, yeah and then it's like okay double text and all of a sudden you're like oh Draymond's kicked out of the game the regular season game from that perspective, I'd love the refs to know what's going on in this moment. But what I hear, just for me now, a little too often from my taste is, yes, it's a penalty. But it shouldn't have been a penalty then because I'd like to let them play. Right. Well, I think the receiver feels like literally James Bradbury didn't let him play. Yeah. So can we stop with that's a hold but not then? It's either a hold or it's not. Now, see, and this is where, and I know you have a greater perspective because you've been a sports fan almost <laughs> as long as I have, being about five years younger. But <laughs> the officials in that moment, they do make those calls based on game time, situation, and stage. Look at that whole game. There were only nine penalties call in the entire game. Now, were there more than nine fouls that were committed throughout the course of that well, football game. It's a football well, game, well, of, course of course, right. Of course there were. Now, in the regular year, and you and I actually talked about it in real time with some calls, that might have been a call in the regular season, and it wouldn't have been a call in the Super Bowl. That's why I give the official who threw that flag even extra kudos because that was not a clear-cut, absolutely 100 out of 100 times you're going to call that, yet in that moment... He sees it, he sees both infractions, and he decides to throw the flag. And this is where a lot of times you see it in the NBA where closing seconds of a big game, a playoff game, if there's a foul that you might have called in February, you're not calling it in June. See, That's the nature of officiating. It, it's the nature of officiating except for that it's more organic. I don't think an official sits there and goes, all right, it's fourth quarter, so now I have to call less. I just think in those moments as human beings, they're like, I don't want, like, I've got to be ultra sure. Exactly. I don't, exactly. I don't want to, but a hold is still a hold is still a hold. In other words, let's look at the star treatment that happens. And sometimes officiating, umpiring, whatever is actually, actually math. It's actually true or false. It's not, here's, I thought it was pass interference. Let's take the strike zone. In a few years, there will be robo-umps. The robo-umps don't care if your name's Barry Bonds. Yeah. It's in the or box. Or Arson Judge, whatever. Or it's yeah. not, or, or especially yeah. Arson Judge. His box is bigger. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's asleep. Hey, it's in the box or it's not in the box. Brad Pitt. Oh, what's in the box? Sure. Okay? So it's fact or fiction. 
I don't want it to not be a strike because it's Barry Bonds. It's either a strike or it's not a strike, and I don't care if it's the ninth inning of a tie game. So there's strike a, zone's a little different, though. The, the, well, in, in every umpire, that's, impact, that's another like, one I love. Each umpire, well, he's got a low zone. Oh, well, that's then he's wrong. The problem. Right, like, last he, night's a great example. <laughs> not allowed to move the zone just because your name's Bob. And the Draymond Green, the double tech when he gets ejected, is a perfect example because if that was Game Four of the NBA Finals, the referee and New York, I would guarantee you, they don't determine that a double technical, knowing that Draymond already had a tech. But because it's a garden variety regular season game. We don't really mind if Draymond gets ejected in a January game or a December game, whenever that was. So it is different in the playoffs. I'll give you an example. The famous Spurs Sun Series years ago, Amari Stoudemire. That's a moment where I would love some common sense to play. They weren't even in the game. Somebody gets suspended because they came off the bench right. in a moment which is, by definition, much more emotional than, as you put it, a regular season game. But context-wise, they had to put that rule in because right. of Malice in the Palace and because of the amount of times players were coming off the bench and then getting involved in fracases. Right, but then we don't, but we don't live by exact words. There needs to be context. There needs to be considerations. Right. And that was one where it felt like you're playing this by the letter of the law and you're not allowing context into this. But uh, I, I, I don't love the idea that we're supposed to now ask refs and umpires to be like, look, this is the way we want you to call it. Well, unless it's close and it's late, or if the player's really good, if he's a star player, is he a B level? Is he C level? Is he someone we've never heard of? And, and process all of that and and then call a game that way. You've got to fall back on what's a foul is a foul. See, that's not what that we, was, that's not really what we want though. And because that's a foul. When we look at like it's great example in the NBA. If Draymond Green has five fouls, and let's just say the fourth foul that he committed was a borderline ticky tack, but we called it on Draymond, and we as officials realize, okay, Draymond's got four. The next time down. Draymond commits a foul. Now he's got five. You're thinking in your mind, I owe Draymond one. One of his five was a maybe, maybe not foul. So I'm going to make sure that number six on Draymond is a real, he commits it kind of foul. We as fans, we want that from our officials. We need that from our officials. But that's also about the entertainment factor of people have paid a lot of money to be here. Do I want to throw out or kick out one of the stars of the game? To me, it's different than holding call you grabbed his jersey in other words i get that it's the super bowl and i get that the score is tied and i get that there's a minute to go you grabbed his jersey exactly so and i think but i hear a lot of people say yeah i I know he grabbed his jersey but but don't call it there well that was that was a case where it was a foul and the official decided it was a foul i think an even better example is the cincinnati chiefs game where patrick mahomes runs out of bounds and there's a late hit, yep. a clear-cut, 100% late hit. Well, do we want that not called because of the competitive nature of the game? We want Kansas City to have one more, or we want Cincinnati to have one more crack. No, he was two steps out of bounds. you got to call right. that. Plus, it was also Mahomes. Like, what if it was Vaughn Miller Chad Henney. knocking out Chad Henney? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.